We're now live. Apologies for anyone that was just watching and the sound was off there. Waiting for Harry to come in. Hello everyone again. Second introduction to this video. Due to technical issues. Come on Hazard, there we go. There we go. Right, we're back on. Jojo's joined. Harry, talk. So when I talk on my own, I think it's fine. You talk at the same time now. Can you hear me? Keep talking. You talk You're now. perfectly clear. I genuinely think it was because of my background noise is, is what's if high, Jojo. Fine. Can you hear me now? Yeah, yeah, you can still hear you. I think it was the background noise. Okay. So just to retouch on. So, uh, and Harry, it was, mate, I heard most of what you said. Um, so just to quickly touch on it, perfect at the moment. Thank you so much, Jojo. Honestly, that, that really helps. Harry, just again, if you don't mind, just bullet point. Our, so what we're pitching this week, and we are pitching it because we're pitching it out of love and out of pure excitement knowing, hi, Fatma, what meditation has done for us. So what it's done for me, the Cockney Salesman, West Ham fan who would have told you you're a freaking nutcase for anything spiritual. <laughs> meditation has made me a better dad, a better partner, a, a better brother, a better friend, a better all-round human being. And it continues to do so every single day. And it's highly it's interesting because the people we work with that are sick, we always start with the same thing. We can't give you no guarantees on, obviously, on, on everything we're taking through. However, with meditation, we fucking can give you guarantees. You start meditating, which is mindfulness about yourself, taking time for yourself. I guarantee you, Every part of your life will get better and your health will improve. And I guarantee that. And I can give a lot of science behind that that we've learned over the last eight years in regards to different internal systems that we've got. When we start acknowledging our systems internally, how we switch them on and the benefits that makes in prevention of sickness, maintenance of the body and healing is massive, absolutely massive. So that being said, Hazard, I'm conscious of time. Bullet point then for the four weeks again, please, sir. Yes. So it's four weeks. They're 90-minute ones. So don't look at it just as a practical session. There's a lot of teachings and experiences within that. Week one is the ego, a really important factor. Then week two, which is the opposite of ego. That's your soul. Week three is being present, like your now, which is fundamentally life itself. And then... Um, encompassing all of that in week four is turning up as your best self. And once you master these, the understanding behind it, the actual uh, application of it, and experience it yourself, you do become unstoppable. You do, you can understand what's holding you back. You can catch yourself in the moments when you are having a little trouble, when you do feel yourself hit that anger, when you do feel sick. All of a sudden you go, okay, that's ego. Okay, I'm not being here. Turn up now. Can I shop as my best self? And again, once you start adding this in, and again, it's consistency, and start, and start really working at it, not just that experience, but the whole element to it, and then look out for the improvements. Like James said, it changes so much of people's lives. 100%. And shout out to Glenn, Glenn Burchard. True. It's all energy. Funny enough, Glenn, where I live in Spain, there's a saying that I've come absolutely accustomed to and I fall in love with, which is todos es energía. 
everything is energy. Absolutely everything. And that's to do with every part of your life, people. For you people out there who don't think you're spiritual, uh, don't think that there's uh, something else other than this and it. What you do know, what you do experience, and it's really unfortunate. To, and again, on chapter one of a workshop is ego. is just how in control your ego come is of your life. And just for anyone out there right now that's watching, that's got any inner dialogue going on, what's he saying about? I do agree with what he's saying. I don't agree with That's your fucking ego, first and foremost. That's your ego. It's your inner voice. We've all got it. Every single one of us. Every single one of us. And back to what you said, Glenn, about everything being energy. Once you understand, when you're feeling really good, it's a feeling. It's not a tangible thing that you can touch. That's energy. When you're feeling really down and depressed, that's energy. So everything, like Harry said, there's two ontological premises that I like to use now in life. Your soul and your ego. And it's massively, massively important, especially in this day and age with what's going on currently, that you are at least aware. And if you think we're talking a load of bollocks, then prove us wrong by at least addressing that voice that just went off in your head saying that we're talking a load of bollocks. Because when you start listening to your ego, which is chapter one, the first day of our workshop with meditation, it's being okay with the fact that you do have an inner voice. I've worked in mental health for nearly 20 years. I'm trained in mental health. I'm registered and qualified in mental health care, okay? Because of a very personal experience in my life with someone that I love dearly that I needed to upskill myself into taking care of. However, what that has made me realize by the definition of the word mentally ill, we are all mentally ill because we all talk to each other, talk to ourselves on a daily basis. However, the problem is we let that inner voice lead us rather than observing. Okay, yes. And it's all right to say, that was a really fucked up <laughs> thought I just had. But me observing that means as an observer, I'm no longer that thought, which then means right, I've observed and, I can eat, and then I can follow it up with another egotistical thought. Fuck me, Jay. Why did you think that? Boom, there's, there's voice number two going off. And then there's voice number three. Oh, Jay, that's your ego. That's still my ego talking. You have to understand the power of your ego is immense as a parent, as an employee, as a partner, husband or wife. If you start getting hold of the fact that you have an ego and you accept it because you can't get rid of your ego. I don't care what any guru will tell you. You cannot get rid of your ego. In fact, your ego, once you become aware of it... Sorry, Hazza, go on, what'd you say? say you don't even want to get rid of it. Like, no. You need your ego. That's your yang to your yin. You need that bouncing platform. The problem is, if you're all ego and oblivious to it, your ego's having a party because it's taking the piss out of you. It's once you observe it, and go, okay, that's my ego. That's my instant response. That how you always give that example. When you're at the traffic lights... You move your car, you know you've got someone next to you ready to race you. And that inner ego in you is like, oh, should I race them? Should I? Again, that's your ego. You've all been there. You've all been there. Or from a female perspective, when you know a guy pulls up next to you, you can feel the guy looking at you. That inner voice of all the different opinions that's going off in your head at that point. Again, that's your ego. 
Use that to your benefit, okay? Because before you even start going down the route of making a decision off the back of that first thought, acknowledge the first thought. Because if you acknowledge it, you observe it. And if you observe anything, it gives you a foundation to make a judgment call on. If you don't observe it, oh, that guy's looking at me. Oh, my God, what am I going to do next? And you go with it, you're lost in your egotistical mindset, which absolutely, your ego absolutely loves it as a field day, as a party, because it shows you that self-compartmentalizing defensive mechanism, which your ego is, that runs your life, believe it or not, it does. It, it, it feels happy knowing that at that point it's got control. As soon as you just acknowledge your ego, all of a sudden you've given yourself a choice to make. Mm -hmm. And ego is associated with being unconscious. When we're not present, we have this imposter syndrome. For example, we can use a car again. When someone bibs you and you automatically go into this rage, ah, that's your ego. If you, was to, if you were to say, I'd be in my best and my loving self, you wouldn't react like that. It was this horrible. So as we go through life, again, a question, could you have been nicer? Could you have dealt with that differently? If the answer is yes, then that, whatever did that answer beforehand, that's your ego. And we, we play these different characters in life as well. We try to be this person that we're not. We try to impress. We, we try to, like, for example, you play different characters when you're in different places at, at the restaurant. You play the character of the customer. That's your ego still. And as soon as you can start observing all these different roles that we play in life, and again, like James said, we observe it. That's not us. We, we're playing different characters. And as soon as we can detach from these different characters, then we can play our best self within that role. Because each role is a different person we have to play. As a parent, James will say that he can't be the same person as a, um, a coach. Like, they're two different roles you have to play, but we have to play it to that uh, part as our best self. So all the chapters all intertwine with each other too. Chapter two. The soul. I kicked off with the ego, you kick off with the soul. Yes, the soul for me is, once you can connect with it, I, I say that we have this body and we have this amazing soul within us. We have to treat our soul as our partner. So we work with the soul. We feed the soul, nourish the soul. We communicate the soul. That's with the words that we use. We can be true to our word. When we're not true to our word, our soul suffers. You say something, you don't mean it. Your soul is now getting ready to do what you just said. And then you go and do something else, like going out drinking. I might go out tonight. You know you don't want to, but you just said might anyway. Might is a confirmation. And then all of a sudden, when you do go out, your soul suffers because you said you weren't going to drink tonight. When you, when you then go home, your soul, like, you told me you weren't going to drink, and then you did. All of a sudden you have a hangover, the body suffers, but also the soul suffers too. The soul is your truth. So we, when we're, whenever we're in a flow state, whenever there is silence, your soul is telling you what to do. And usually we go into that state when we are driving, when we are running, when we're in the shower, we get them ideas, them insights. But when we've got so much chaos going on and our thoughts, we are in our thoughts, the ego, as soon as we let go of that, and this is why people don't like meditation, 
they get uncomfortable, they can't handle it because it's telling you what you need to do. And that truth sometimes is you need to get back to that email. You need to actually go and complete that work. You need to have a conversation with your wife. It's telling what you need to do, but yet that truth is fearful. So then we go and hide from it, we get distracted, we go and drink, we go and be past and present, ego, to get us away from our truth. And the more that we can start clearing this noise and the meditation allows you to sit with it, all of a sudden your ego, uh, your soul, sorry, is now communicating with you what you need to do. You've already got rid of the fearful stuff. So all of a sudden you're now being told what you really need to do to make you thrive in life, to make you enjoy it, to look forward to. And this is where the consistency comes in. To start with, it is very difficult to handle because these are new experiences. But James will tell you, there will be a point where it goes... Like, oh Which goodness. leads perfectly has I into I've been dying to say <laughs> from personal experience, funnily enough. So, and this leads perfectly into the chapters. So, by the way, people, we built this workshop in the order of the chapters off of what what we both experienced in our lives. Because it will, it will be your own experience. Your ego will be your own experience. Your soul will be your own experience. Your best self after realizing and acknowledging your ego and then realigning with your soul, you start realizing, oh my God, there's so many different versions of me that I currently play, which then lead in, sorry, excuse me, after the soul, bringing <laughs> you to being present in to your moment because you realize your ego, you realize your soul and all of a sudden like, oh, I'm present. Oh my God, I've got an ego. I have got a soul, which then leads in, excuse me, to your best self of how many different versions of James I play? James the dad, James the husband, James Harry's friend, James the business partner, whatever it is. But point being, going back to soul, going back to soul, after you acknowledge your ego, and you genuinely do, and I said this to someone yesterday, Harry, who I've been coaching, who said to me, and I didn't plant the seed with them. I've started them off with the ego meditations. And after about a month now, they've said to me what I experienced. James, for fuck's sake, since you pointed out me ego, I can't talk properly. Because what happens is you start listening to what you say. Once you become, once you observe your thought pattern and then you realize, oh, normally I have a thought and then without even thinking, my mouth, my jaw engages in something next. Well, once you observe what you're thinking, it then slows down that interaction to your jaw because you're observing it's that thought you've had. Instead of just going with it, Thought comes in, oh, oh, I've acknowledged that thought. Oh, what do I... And you do. You actually start struggling with what you're going to say next. Why? Because all of a sudden, you bring your soul into your presence. And once your soul gets a voice, all of a sudden, do you know what you become? Your six, seven, or eight-year-old perfect self back then, when you knew you did, there was no ego attached to it. You either like something or you didn't. You either love something or you didn't. When you go back to your soul, you realize how simple life is. Your ego, as I was saying to you the other day, area, uh, uh, Harry, the other day, ego creates a gray area. There's no such thing as a gray area in soul. It's just soul. Ego will give you all these other platforms for you to choose to use as an excuse. Once you tap into your soul, and that way of thinking, and I promise you, it will be your simplistic self. Every single time, you'll start feeling the power and assuredness back in yourself. Not, oh, 
should I say that because of him or her's feelings or, or to impress him? No. You haven't got to impress your soul. Imagine that. You haven't got to make any effort. None. Just being you at your truest self is always enough. And chapter two in the workshop of soul, that's what it shows you. And the people we've taken through this workshop already, I love chapter two. Because chapter one is, fuck me, how have I been so egotistical for so long? Back? And then chapter two is, oh, I'm me again. And I'm all right with that. So that's yeah. chapter two of the workshop. Anything more you want to say on that, Adler? Just being all right with yourself as well. Because, the, again, when we say things, we tend not to express ourselves through our feelings because we worry about what other people think from their ego. So it's like, I really want to get my voice out. I want to be, say something, but they're going to react to it. I don't know how they're going to take it. That's feeding off ego. And as soon as you know what you're about and you, you're that confident with it, no matter what they and what other opinions come your way, that's them. It's not you anymore. You don't need to worry about that. You ain't got to deal with it. Yeah. And when it comes from the heart and when it is truth, it's perfect. And again, it comes back to self-love, self-appreciation. It, it's so powerful. But that, for me, when, especially when we're working with clients, when they get that knowing that, oh, my God, it's a different person after that. It's that mm -hmm. realization, actually, I can go and do these things in my life. And I think Jojo is a clear example of it, just with the, the stuff that we've got going on at the moment. You, being told that you have to do something that you don't want to do. Yeah, she's a down, great example. Yeah, and deep, deep down, you know you don't want to go and do that. Like you don't, and your soul is telling you, please do not do this. Like, this is me. And when you yeah. make that decision, and also you'll start seeing the good come from it too. You get rewarded in life when you, you go with yourself. 100%. And just to quickly just cap on that with the soul so we can move on. From a parental perspective, Jojo, with you being the you now, which is the raw you, which has gone through that stage of egotistically, oh, I can't believe I was lied to for so long. I had that. To now being, fuck yeah, I know what I'm saying. You're a better parent. Why? Because you've gone back to you at your core. And guess what? You at your core is the best fucking you there ever could be it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks it doesn't matter imagine that just you at your core voicing just like you did as a child knowing whatever comes out i stand on and you fucking should stand on it as well why because your soul is incredible every single person out there your truth from your soul is beautiful it's amazing it's wonderful and it's truth no one can do you wrong. It's on them. You haven't got to deal with that. And that's your nearest and dearest, including your kids. And that's a good lesson for me as a parent, for my kids. When I'm being truthful and Leo's still being a little shite, bless him, that's on him. I have to be a parent and stay present in my soulfulness. I'm staying sovereign and loving. Yes, go, Jojo. Bang on. Right. Chapter three, Hazza. Now. What's this chapter? <gasps> I'm taking it. So, so now, I'm okay. taking it. Piss off. <laughs> <laughs> so, staying in your now. Thanks to Harry, this changed my life. Because like most people out there, and I'm saying nine out of ten people, predominantly throughout your, throughout your whole life, up until this point, 
Guess what? You've not been present. Why? Because you've either been thinking about something that's already happened and worrying about it, or even worse, we say every time you become this mystic Meg mind reader and start gauging this new future that you're going to say, oh my God, I'm going to worry about that now. Just not even fucking happened yet. Okay. Staying in your now, and this is an experience from personal perspective, can save your life. And I'll give you an example. I have worked with personally, more than one, but I'm just going to give one person in particular that I can think of. Someone who got really sick. And it now transpires why they got really sick, because they wasn't being in their present, and it was their past and stuff that they'd hold, held on to, that had manifested, and for the record, people, look into the works of Christian Northrop, Professor Wayne Dyer, Eckhart Tolle, Professor Raphael Mishulin, Dr. Christina Sanchez. Look into the works of these people that now subscribe with evidential backup to the fact that we get sick because of the way we think. Right. So staying in your now, this person, they were so unpresent with themselves, they got sick. They then went to a doctor and got filled with this doctor talk, and it's nothing against doctors, just bear with me on the story, this is a fact. They got filled with all this doctor talk, doctorese, we'll call it, or medicineese, with these long words about their current situation, which they didn't understand. They heard it all, and just took all it all, didn't understand the word, but just knew from the tone and the way the finger was pointing that this person's telling you that something's wrong, and all of a sudden, all of the stuff they thought in the past has been now been confirmed. Not because they've confirmed it by being present or even looking into it themselves, but because of someone else has told them. And think about that for a second, people. Someone's told me what's happening inside me and I'm going to listen to them versus what I inherently feel about my current situation. So that person got caught up in all these long words and all these medicinal terms and and got so, so down on themselves. And then when I started working with them, I said, and just coincidentally, by the real definition of the word coincidence, it just so coincidentally happened that I'd studied an area which was they, this person was being told was being affected. So what I did was, I didn't, I didn't teach them anything. I just shared information which that person then studied, researched, and all of a sudden brought their attention to their now. And in their now, they then took control of what they was going to fucking do next in their now. And guess what happened? That person, after being told they had a certain amount of months to live, two and a half months ago, turned 70 years old. It was eight years ago when they found out that they wasn't being present in themselves in their now. And now... They've turned 70, eight years later after being told that they was going to die six months after we had that initial conversation about being present in yourself. So being present in yourself, and again, here's another fact, and let this sink in. No matter what you've done in your life up until this point, this second, the only thing you have ever had control over is this second. And then this one. And then this one. And then this one. And when you start living like that, that means you're in control all the time. And prove me wrong. Prove me wrong. Right this second to anyone who's listening. No matter what stuff, turn off your worry for a minute. Just switch it off. All right, I'm not allowed to worry for a minute. Why? Because worry defined 
To worry means something's already happened. You can't worry about something that's happening. It's already happened. That's how you're worrying about it. Switch off your worry, whatever it is, and just live in the now when you tell me what's wrong with yourself. Mm-hmm. Job done. Oh, whoa, whoa, we've had a good message there. Fat mark. Go on, you can read that, Hazza. When we're not present, we waste our lives and make very bad decisions. It's really life-saving to figure out how to be present. Yeah, spot on. And, and that's the thing. It saves your life when you start becoming present. And this is where my Think Future Feel Now creation all come from. So, again, like to simplify things. If we just look at things from past, present, and future, and we're always told be present. James said now be present. But if we look at it from one perspective, we're like, be present, I'm stressed. I'm still stressed. So this is where, again, feelings and thoughts will separate into one's thoughts, that's your ego, all your thoughts. The other one's your feeling, that's your soul. Your feeling is the true present moment, that is now. Because I think about my past, it's already gone. That feeling, that worry, that's now. I worry about my future and it hasn't even happened yet. But that worrying about it, that's now. So I help people come back to their feelings, to their now, because that is the present moment. And again, it leads into what we said earlier. We don't then express our feelings enough because we worry about what people think. If we did express our feelings because we're now listening to our soul, no one can argue with how you're feeling. That made me feel horrendous. No, it didn't. Yes, it did. It made me feel horrendous. (laughs) (laughs) And then the second part to it is we've got all these thoughts. It's a chaos. And as we know, we have some of these crazy thoughts sometimes, but we're not our thoughts. But imagine that is a thunderstorm, it's very noisy. It's so noisy that we don't hear our gut feeling come through. So if we can clear the noise through meditation, for getting into the flow, we clear it, all of a sudden, hello, 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 it can sing and dance and you're listening to it and you can make the decision now, you can feel it now, and all of a sudden we can start moving forward. So everything all aligns to soul and ego, past, present, future. And we bring it back to feelings right now every single time and your soul will always communicate with you. And again, it will always look out what's best for you because it knows truth. You're fucking amazing, Harry. You know that, <laughs> mate. Good on you. Good on you. Perfect. Right, we're going to move on to chapter four. You chapter four, I'll introduce it. Chapter four is... In short, and I'm going to give it the multifaceted version to lead on for you to explain, Harry. The chapter four, in short, is your best self. In brackets, this isn't a theory. Every single one of you plays more than one version of yourself every single day. Close brackets. Go, Harry. So if you ask ask yourself, if you think to yourself, what, what roles do you play? I'm a parent. I'm a son or daughter. I'm a friend. I'm a colleague. I'm an owner. I'm a stranger. I'm a customer. I've got all these different roles. And as we mentioned earlier, every role, we have to slightly change our approach. But some people will play this egotistical role on every little thing that they do in life. And it doesn't serve you. And also the people that you're playing the role to, it doesn't serve them either. Sometimes we need to be able to switch from one role to the other. But once we can start observing these different roles, each role has to play a different character. And sometimes we don't know how to play the character, but if we then remind ourselves, how do I show up as my best self right now? 
I don't know exactly what I'm meant to be doing in this position, but let me think about, okay. And, and what this also does is that everything that's happened in my past, all these mistakes, all the regrets, and everything that has happened, if I bring myself to right now, I might not be at my best because I haven't been here before. This is my first experience. Or I now want to make a commitment and being true to myself because it's telling me what to do. So then I now need to work on myself. I can admit where I am at the moment. It's not where I want to be. I might have had a bad relationship with the person that has my kids. At the moment, I'm not being able to see my kids. So I can live in the past and get really stressed about that or get worried about the future. I'm not going to see them again and they're going to take them away from me. What we could do is just pull it right now. Look, I've accepted what's happened at the moment. If I just showed up as my best self and I find and be honest with myself, what do I need to work on in my life? And I start now working on improving these elements. You know deep down you're doing as you can to be your best self. And if you're showing up as your best self and you can continue working on your best self, you're doing what your soul's asking you and you can be okay with that. Life is a journey. Right now, we might not be where we want to be, which is fine. We're going for a, uh, a hook in the future, but we keep working on our best self, keep working towards that goal. And as you're working towards it, you are already now it. You don't have to want to it, or I might do that. I'm already there. And as you keep working on your best self, you're going to start improving all the time. And you're always going to be met with resistance all the time. And I just like that constant reminder, how do I show up as my best self right now? Because sometimes I get caught in this drama, having a, a frustration. Like James said, I take that breather. I'm not reacting now to that thought and go into it. I take a breather. Okay, what can I do right now? Best self. Flow. Do you know in rap battles they say facts? I'm saying flow for your flow right now. But an observation, on a very serious note, what you, something you said there is, and it shows you how, how powerful your ego, your ego is when you said that I might not be the, uh, be the person I want to be. Again, you haven't got a want to be anything. That's your ego. And that's the beauty of when this really sinks in. And that is the beauty, I don't care if I'm pitching this, of our course, Harry, because that's what it did for me. That's the biggest thing, is when you realize you don't actually <laughs> want for nothing. You don't strip it back. What are you truly grateful for? It's everything you've already got. Any wantings is an egotistical wanting. I want to be better. No, you don't. I am better. I want to be a better dad. No, you don't. I am a better dad. Start from there. Start from your place because wanting is a comparison. Don't compare. Be your true self. Just look inwards. Because when you're being your best self and 100%, our best selves are multifaceted. We've all got these lives where we play roles that have been indoctrined and pre-programmed from a societal perspective on how we should be in this role. Switch that off. How should your soul be in every single role you play? It doesn't differ. It doesn't differ. Because it just means, from a soulful perspective, I'm just giving it my all there. What does my 10 out of 10 look like across all the roles I play in my life? I'll tell you what it looks like first and foremost. Showing up. 
showing up. Your 10 out of 10 role for one of these roles could just be, yeah, I need to make that phone call. He's called me four times now. I've not called him back. I'm going to call him back. Now I'm 10 out of 10 because I've done my bit. I've done my bit. When you do your bit, guess what, people? It's enough because you're enough, because you're amazing. You're wonderful. You're all the things your mum and your dad told you as a kid that you looked in the mirror and accepted and made you feel good. You're still that from a soulful perspective. All the other roles you take on and drop down from that 10 is your ego. That's how damaging your ego is. Your soul's always a 10 out of 10. It can't be anything else. Your soul is the best you it can ever be. It doesn't age. I don't care if you're 86 years old or 16 years old. Your soul doesn't age. It doesn't age. Any opinions you form are egotistical. Any experiences you gauge and judge, egotistical. Your soul can only ever be in the moment of what it actually is in that moment. And you'll always know, like we said at the start of this, when you've made a bad decision, it's because you didn't go with the soulful one. Really simple. You didn't choose to go and you will always know. Because a bad decision induce, sorry, evokes regret. Regret is a feeling that isn't real, but it was triggered by a gauge that you already have inbuilt that, why am I regretting it? What, have I, what, am I, what is my, where is my regret starting from? A soulful place. I can't regret anything from the ego. It's the ego. All the ego is everything. You can only regret something that's gone against your soul. When you go from your soul, guess what, people? There's no regret. There's no guilt. There's no shame. There's no, oh, I wasn't enough. It isn't possible in that simple decision you make, which is to be present, to be your best self, to acknowledge your ego, and to speak from your soul. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> and and a, a good example of that is weight loss. And again, this, this would define it all. I want you to really listen to the words that you use. Should and need are often said in our time. <laughs> I need to do this. I should have done that. Should have is what's already happened. Need to is what I need. I will. I am. I'm doing it now. So I get people come to the gym. I want to lose 20 kilos. I want to do that. And I want to do this. And we normally comparison ourselves to what we used to be able to do. So, like, when I need and I should and stuff, that's your past. It means you're not here now. So, really want you to think about it. You want to lose 20 kilos. I am losing 20 kilos. If you look at both things, to, to do that, what do you need to do? We need to now start. We need to exercise. We need to eat right. We need to be consistent. So, regardless if it's want and stuff, you still need to do that right now. So by wanting, you're delaying the process all the time. You're not being present. You're waiting for that to happen. So although you want 20 kilos, that's future. It hasn't happened yet. All you need to do is just be and do the things that you know as your best self to get there. And just know that it will happen if you continue it. If it's not happening as fast as what you used to do in the past, the plan that you set out to, what do we need to do each day? Okay, I'm going to train and be consistent. I'm going to be active. I'm going to focus on my nutrition. I'm going to meditate. I'm going to do the guy's workshop. It's brilliant. Then I'm going to do um, <laughs> mindfulness. I'm going to journal. 
But if you just stick to that game plan, that 20 kilos will start coming up. Because every day I'm working on my best self. And every day, guys, you're living. So if we work in our life every single day, not wanting to do it, you just work in your life every day. And you'll see if you keep doing it every day, you're going to be able to do more things within the day. And all of a sudden, without even realizing, because time's irrelevant, you're already doing all these things and you've lost 20 kilos and you are still that person right now. And the observation, doing, doing, not wanting, doing. You start losing weight straight away by just saying, I'm going to lose weight. I am losing weight. I am now losing weight. That's how it starts. Prove me wrong. How do you start that, that, that wheel in motion if you're not already telling yourself, not I want to lose weight, I am losing weight. Because as, as soon as you are amming, you are doing. As soon as you are doing, you're not in the past. You can't be. You can't even be in the present. But guess what? This is the beauty of doing. You're creating your future, your next... Sorry, you can't even be in the present. You can't even be in the future, excuse me. Once you're doing... And once you start doing, you are creating the next step for your future, which is just your now, then. Just like your past. Your past was your now, then. What are you worrying about it for? It was your now, then. You can't do nothing about that. Your now, now. Right this second, guess what? And like I said before, it's now. And it's now. And it's now. And that's what happens when you start living in your now. And guys, like I said, my biggest teachings from this, as, as you know, doesn't come from the countless books I've read and listened to from amazing intellects and incredible people that had their own experience. My experience of learning this stuff has been, Harry, with the people we've been physically in their energy space of working with that have been told they're going to die. What you get from them people, people, is the best now teachings you could ever experience. Because all them people have got is now. And guess what? We're all dying. We're all on a countdown. If you're going to think of it like that for people out there that are scared of dying, we're all on that same countdown. So what sense does it not make to start taking control of right this fucking second all the time mm -hmm. imagine just imagine it for a second you're not worrying anymore about stuff you're just worrying about now let's, let's, just, let's just switch your worry to now okay i'm worrying about this second i'm worrying about this second hold on this second i can choose what i'm gonna do and what i actually choose to do in this second i can actually do something about because it's now it's not already happened it's fucking now please Please, I beg from my soul, understand that. I'm not trying to, we're not trying to be clever with this stuff. We're trying to share stuff that has changed our lives for the better. I'm sharing experiences from people in many cases that have with terminal cancers that have been told they've got this amount of time to live that all of a sudden go, no, I am now. I am me now. What does that consist of? Everything that I want it to consist of. Because guess what, people? You can actually choose every second, regardless of any situation, what you want to do. Because there's only ever two choices. I don't want to do that. I want to do that. In 
any situation you could ever be in in life, they're the two choices you ever have. And the, there's two, like we said, I don't want to do that. Ego. I want to do that. Soul. I'm doing that. Soul. You can't start not doing what it is that you don't want to do that's already happened. It's physically impossible. You can only do in the moment. So why don't you do in the moment? Let's give an example. Let's say that we have a client. They've been told they've got two weeks to live. They're stressing out. They've got two weeks. Oh, my God. Like, what are we going to do? We're worrying about their family and all the things in the future. And then uh, if only I'd have done this and if only done that, they're in the past. Okay. Whoa, 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 whoa. Let's, let's stop here. This is what's happened at the moment. There's, there's an acceptance. Whatever's gone on right now, this is where we're at at this moment. So we let that go. Two weeks. Like, we can stress and worry about it. If you had the best two weeks of your life, what would that look like? All of a sudden, they let go of all this other worry and they're like, and they're going to tell you what they want to do. And they start from this moment. And all of a sudden, they let go of all these past and, and present things. They become to this point of what, what is it that I actually want to do? And all of a sudden, you start seeing these light bulbs and they let go of all these things that are relevant because they now know they need to make the most of being here. So regardless of two weeks, five weeks, 16 weeks, because that's what someone else has told you. That's not true. In this moment, this is what I can do right now. And that realization when it kicks in for people is so powerful because they mm. start taking control of their power, of their own decisions, their own game plan. They don't care what anyone else says. But within that knowing, they start thriving, they start enjoying. And all of a sudden things change. And another good example, you get people that hit 50 and they start fearing death. And we go back to the roles you play. Let's say that you're a grandparent and you're getting stressed now. Oh my God, I'm going to die in 20 years and I'm going to die. And you've got a role to play. You've got a daughter. You've also got a granddaughter. What does your granddaughter need at this moment? Do they need to come around and see Nan and Nan's stressing out and worrying about all these things? And da -da -da. Or do they just need their Nan? At this moment, Nan is going to be with their granddaughter and they're going to enjoy every moment with them at that point. And soon as they can let go of that fear of dying, because we all die. And we can then be in the now and enjoy this moment. Then you start seeing a completely different person. Not only you, but the people around you, closest to you, is going to have a massive rub on them. And when you shot as your best self, playing them as a mom, as a grand, all of a sudden life gets better. Brilliant. Hazard Thomas. Ego, soul, being present, once you realize that these two things, where you are, and then choosing to be your best self. This is our workshop. It launches Harry, 4 for Thomas, 4 for Thomas, 4 for September. 4 for September. <laughs> 4 for September with Harry Thomas. Please, look into this. If you've got anyone in your life or yourself right now that's doubting in any way or just looking to improve, this will be the best, and we've slashed this, £250 you could ever spend. And if you come to the end of this course and you can look us in the eye and say, it wasn't worth it, take your money back and then invest it again in the next course. Because I'm telling you, that's your fucking ego. Because <laughs> the beauty is, once you get into this and you share space with people that just want to listen to your soul, 
you flourish. You absolutely flourish. Fourth of September, Haza and Jay's meditation healing workshop, because it's all geared around healing. Either, either invest in yourself or tell other people. Tell other people about it. Share what we're doing. Because why? Because we're doing something that's positive. And that enough, that at its base, at its foundation, should be enough for you to want to invest. Trust me on that. So, Hazza, I've got to wrap this up. I've got to go. Love that tonight, mate. Let's do another one. And uh, I'll see everybody soon. Thanks to yeah. everybody that's watched. And, guys, thank you for watching again. And uh, we've got Wednesday night, 8.30 UK time. Definitely. Take care, Hazza. I love you, mate.